iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Good evening and welcome to the Apple Store Soho and to tonight's Meet the Actor event. Tonight we are joined by Patrick Wilson and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, stars, stars of the highly anticipated motion picture Watchmen. Watchmen is the adaptation of the classic Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons graphic novel, which tells the story of a modern era in conflict inhabited by real-world superheroes. Watchmen releases in theaters tomorrow. In a little while, you'll be treated to material from the film, as well as participate in a moderated discussion with Patrick and Jeffrey. Joining them tonight to moderate is special guest Glenn Romanelli, editor-in-chief of WatchmenComicMovie.com. Please welcome him now. Glenn Romanelli. Hi, everybody. Uh, summer of 2007, end of July, I was watching G4, and they announced that Zack Snyder was going to be directing uh, an adaptation of Watchmen. Literally, I ran to my computer, and I registered the domain name WatchmenComicMovie.com because I just had a gut feeling that the movie was just gonna be epic. And two years later, I'm standing here, having seen the movie twice, and I am not disappointed. It was absolutely uh, epic. Um, so for those of you who've been waiting 20 years, or for those of you who maybe it's new to you, uh, we're gonna show a little bit of footage here, uh, sort of a Watchmen 101, to sort of get yourself familiarized with uh, the movie and the graphic novel. So here it is, Watchmen 101. All right. So you guys really psyched for this movie to come out? Who's going to see it tonight? All right, good. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, so yeah, we've been waiting a long time for this movie to come out, and I'm not going to make you guys wait any longer to see the two gentlemen that you've come to see. Patrick Wilson and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> Night Owl and the Comedian. Hey, everybody. Hello. So you started in Vancouver in, was it August of 2007? Sorry, I'm looking at these guys, man. It's awesome. He was at Comic-Con, too. I saw him at Comic-Con. like the comedians here. <laughs> Thank you. What, we're here for these guys, not me. Um, so the film... Uh, we were in Vancouver. Yeah, 2007. So, I mean, it's been a really long road. Are you, are you relieved? Are you... Can you believe that the day is actually here where this film is being released tomorrow? You know what's funny? I have never been a part of a movie where before you even shoot, they have the release date and a poster. Um, they, which they had done uh, Zach and um, uh, maybe Ma I think Malin and Jackie, whoever was mm -hmm. not working at the time, went down to uh, Comic-Con. Uh, not this past Comic Con, but the one before that, and we had we started shooting about a month and a half later. But we went down there, or they went down there, and uh, Dave Gibbons had drawn up that poster and already said three six oh nine. And it was it's just totally bizarre. To, we've always had this. When's it coming out? March six. We've been saying that for the past <laughs> for two years. years. <laughs> so the fact that it's tomorrow is pretty creepy. Tonight. 
Tonight. Tonight, for God's sake. Soon. Now. We gotta go. <laughs> now, I mean, before you were cast in the film, uh, were you even familiar at all with the graphic novel Watchmen? Had you read it, or what was, what was your knowledge of it beforehand? Uh, I had zero knowledge of it, um, I'm ashamed to say, at this point. Um, you know, somebody at uh, Warner Brothers, I think, sent over a, a Xerox copy of the graphic novel was my first introduction to it, if you can believe That's it. Terrible. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I looked at it, I read it one time, and I was like, what the hell did that I just read, and I remember I put on a pot of coffee and read it to like three more, I read it three times in the course of like 27 hours before my meeting with Zach, just so I could kind of get a handle on what the hell I was looking at. So that was my introduction. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't know it, I, I had heard of it, um, and one of my best friends has been, is a huge comic book nerd. Every Wednesday for 18 years that I've known him, he's going to get new comics. So anytime I get any script that's remotely based on a comic or graphic novel, I sort of call him and you know, say, here's, uh, I, I got so-and-so, what do you think? Or what's, what does this mean to the comic world? And as soon as I said, I, I got Watchmen, he said, oh, God. <laughs> and it was that mix of I'm really excited, but I'm terrified they're going to screw it up. Um, and so I quickly found out sort of what it meant to that, uh, to the comic world. And then once I, I read the script and was blown away by it and then went and got the, uh, the absolute edition which of course has all the notes at the end of it and, um, and I just I really became infatuated with it and this was man this was like December of 07 maybe or something um, so uh, sort of like you by the time we went in to meet with Zach by the time I got in there with him I just I knew it like the back of my hand I had all my notes I was like ready to roll like you know let's, let's talk about this so um, because it's a pretty I mean to say it's an easy read, it's like, yes, it's a great graphic novel, but it's, you sort of say that to people who don't understand the genre, and then they think they're going to pick it up and like, I'm going to fly through it like in about an hour. Like, no, no, it's not like a comic. This is a really, really dense, layered comic. So that was the crazy thing, is to just keep going back and back and back and trying to find all these different little answers and one-liners and constantly trying to throw it in the movie if it wasn't in the script. That's what was so fun about shooting. Absolutely. So, so now you're shooting the film. At, at what point are you, when all the lore and the history catch up about people trying to make Watchmen for 20 years and the failed productions and the rabid fan base, at what point are you like, oh my goodness, there's quite a bit of pressure to now make this movie fantastic. Did it, is there a, a moment where that sort of clicked? Well, it, 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 doesn't, it, just, it certainly doesn't take very long. All you have to do is have a, a computer. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you Google Watchmen. A Mac. A Mac. <laughs> Preferably. <laughs> um, so all you do is use your Mac and you go on and, and <laughs> the, ne the next thing you know, you're, you're inundated with, uh, with fan response and love for this iconic piece of work that Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons did. And, and then the fact that, you know, you get involved in the filming of this, you know, before we even started filming, we had... Uh, we had people saying that Zach was the wrong director, that certainly we were the wrong actors, and so you're highly aware of this, and, and then you don't ever open your Mac again unless it's to email your mother. <laughs> so it must have been highly gratifying when Dave Gibbons comes to the set that day, and he's looking around, it's like yeah. Grandpa's coming to visit. That was so awesome. He came the day that we, uh, that we did our Watchmen photo, which in the, in the, in the graphic novel is the Crime Busters. Uh, we have this failed attempt to get together uh, and and try to start a little superhero group and um, he doesn't want to and um, <laughs> but it was the day that I mean that and that was straight out of the out of the comic to see that picture and he just 
he was just like a kid in a candy store looking around and like, oh, there's a comedian. And, you know, oh, my gosh, you're Silk Spectre. And it was really funny to sort of hear him say, I just, I, I just feel like you guys are walking out of my book. This is the strangest thing he's ever felt. So and when he saw Archie, uh, I, you know, yeah. You know Patrick's vehicle. Uh, he he was. I mean, his eyes like popped out of his head. I mean, to imagine that this is something that you came from your imagination twenty some odd years ago to walk on a set and have that realized. Uh, I, I mean, he it was it, to watch him was one of the coolest experiences yeah. we had while making this movie. I, was it like a weight lifted when when you knew he was sort of gave his blessing like the Pope that it looked like things were the going Pope. well. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you know, you, you want everybody to support you, and some are, you know, some it aren't. Gone, it could have been horrible if he'd walked in and like, was like, what the hell are you doing? But uh, uh, so it, certainly it was, it was nice to have the, the Pope come and say, yeah, it was all good. Awesome. All right, well, I know uh, we're going to open it up to some questions, so uh, I won't uh, delay these guys any longer. Who has a guest right here on the end? Was it hard to make him sympathetic with all the... Um, you know, kind of morally ambiguous stuff. With the crappy stuff he does? <laughs> it wasn't, it's not very ambiguous, <laughs> is it? Um, the, the funny thing in, in reading it, I, I always, uh, even the first time I read it, I, I was fascinated by this guy that we, we sh certainly should should despise him for his uh, actions. I mean, he does some things that are that are pretty damn despicable. but. In saying that, after I read it, I was fascinated by the fact that I didn't hate him, that I, in fact, uh, I actually kind of sympathized and liked this guy. Uh, you know, that's, that's Alan Moore. That's, that's what he wrote. It's what Dave Gibbons drew. I think, uh, you know, I think later in life, the comedian Edward Blake finds this, uh, you find out that there is a little bit of humanity that goes uh, with this monster. And, and that was kind of the joy in getting to play him, was trying to find that and, and translate that from book to screen. Right there? Yeah. Hi. Hey, guys. This is Patrick. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the weapons that you used in the movie. About the weapons you used in the movie and which one was your favorite? <laughs> I could go so many directions with that. Uh, I, well, that, I think that's the... I'm going to go with the flamethrowers being my favorite just because... Uh, yeah, the, the, the Colts that I had made that, the, that, that Nixon gives uh, uh, the comedian and they're inscribed, uh, you know... To, with love richard nixon or something uh uh they were pretty phenomenal and and there's a story behind those guns actually uh uh that the guy that actually makes the guns for the president of the united states every whenever you're a president you get a, a cool gun and this guy this guy that makes these guns for for uh you know the likes of obama and bush y'all get one even if you don't want to carry the damn thing uh made the guns for for the for this film which uh, zach promptly ran home with when we stopped filming. <laughs> oh, the little thudder? Uh, that's what we called it, was a thudder. It, it, shot, uh, it shot gas canisters. Yeah, it's a tear gas gun, right? What? Like a tear gas yeah. gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right there. Well, the question was, well, the first one was, uh, is there any aspect of your character that you can identify with the most? That's not impotence. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope it's not that one. 
I can say that because I have a child. And it worked. So. <clears throat> but you are the most oh, it attractive. Was there in the middle of the room. I had to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that I can identify with. Well, <clears throat> we look similar. Um, you know, I don't know. I think I, I love playing Dan. I really did. I mean, I think uh, the... Um, you sort of strive to that to have that sort of earnestness and heart. I guess that would be the thing that I would strive for. I don't know if I have quite the uh, uh, that sense of earnestness, but it sure is fun to play that eternal optimism of trying to do good. You know, even through all the failings of everybody around you. Really, um, yeah. Yeah, I really don't know where to go with that. I really can't identify with much of what Eddie Blake does, but I think that's the, the fun part is trying to kind of inject him with, you know, uh, the humanity, I guess. You know what I love, though, about, about your character and about the way you play it is that by the end of it, like, you're the only guy that all the Minutemen are gone or retired, or, and there's something for this guy that apparently is this morally ambiguous or does all these bad things, but yet you're constantly still working. Like, I always love that about him in a way. Like, he always, whatever his goals were, he kept the suit. He kept going. I don't know. I always found that yeah, really I think, cool. Well, that's the fact that I think he got to go to work for the government, too. I mean, you know, that, that it sort of instilled the, the work ethic, probably. Yeah. And the other question was, are you going to now look for a... Uh, a role that survives? Yeah. <laughs> Have a clause you know, in your contract I, you know what, kill you. you. Know, I, I've said before, this whole dying or dead thing is working out for me right now. Why, why, why mess with a good thing? <laughs> so let's talk about the audition process. What was it like for both of you? How did you audition for the role? Um, I was... Um, I met with Zach. I did not audition for, I guess, about four... Months. I had met with him very early on. I think I was the first one cast. I think he said that. And, uh, and I just kept hearing, yeah, you're his guy, you're his guy. But yet, I hadn't really done any deals. And so it took many months to sort of get it all figured out. And finally, ultimately, when they had sort of figured out how they were going to structure all the deals, even when there weren't either other actors attached, it was, okay, now Warner Brothers wants to, uh, wants to see you. So me and Zach went in a room with another actor. Um, and so it really didn't feel like a normal audition because I already felt like I had the director in my corner, which was very fortunate. I mean, uh, I, you know, and, uh, and so we just sat there and did a couple scenes together and until we were both happy and he had something proud to give to the studio. So did Zach see you in a specific role that made him uh, little children, little children was what he, uh, you know, I, I think actually Debbie Snyder, who's our producer, um, and Zach's wife, she, I believe she was the one who saw it first. And um, and so yeah, so they uh, they he had uh, she sort of suggested me I think or agents did or whoever and then he saw little children and said great yep let's go let's meet him and we hung out and was like yes we're on and then so it was only sort of strange to have a few months later here Jackie who was also in little children um, you know to get the part two so it was nice absolutely Jeff uh, I, I just uh, I think I had just done uh, a movie for Warner Brothers and they they I think the studio was interested I don't think Zach was at all I think he thought well this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life uh, having this guy play the comedian and so they wanted me to do a scene and I went in and did uh, I did one scene the the 
the crime buster meeting scene, and I seriously added uh, the F word to just about every word I said in the course of, uh, in course of the, 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 the script that they, they'd given me. And Zach called the next day, and I just I went and sat down with him, and I didn't say a word in the course of this meeting. It was just Zach being Zach and showing me drawings. And at the end of an hour, he said, are you in? And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> really? Because, yeah, I am in. Uh, and that was, it was simple as that. Was there any room for improv? You know, but I would think in a film like this, you sort of have to stick to the script, or at least to the graphic novel. No, I, I improv one line, and I because I mean because the script, uh, the by the time you know there have been many versions of the script over the past twenty years, and by the time it got to, the latest version, um, and then Zach made a pass at it, it was all gravitating back towards the graphic novel, and with the graphic novel being it being so closely related to it, we almost never never went into the improv land because if if at all now we would show up on set and if there was a line in there that was in the graphic novel that we wanted to throw in that you felt helped something you know then it was constantly pulling from other scenes if you felt like and there's a few lines in there i can um i remember i always love the fact that dan said oh this is getting heavy because i thought it was a very 70s thing and here we are in the 80s and that sort of says okay well he's pretty old-fashioned so he's sort of in his mind reflecting you know how he acted when he was probably 20. So I was like, Zach, can I throw this in somewhere? And so we would try to find places for that. And, you know, uh, and then there was one line in the entrance to Raphael's, which you can barely hear. I don't even hear, know if it's, but I remember he was like, let's think of a line to say. And I threw in a line about, um, I've never actually told this, uh, about, uh, did you, the line I made up was, did you know H.J. and Nelson were, now, if you don't know the comic, now see if you know the comic, it's funny because there's one line in the graphic novel that reflects that two of these other characters, very small characters, were gay. And so, without saying gay, I wanted just to, a little, it was like a little something for the fanboys. Like, did he just talk about, you know, and you probably would never hear it, but it, we were trying to think of something. And I didn't just want to ad lib for the sake of ad libbing. Like, if I'm going to ad lib, I want it to be something for the fans or something really, really like a good little nugget that you could have in there. So, that's actually the only line that I ad libbed. You could have maybe said, gee, I heard they serve a really good calamari here. That <laughs> yeah. would have been a good Oh, squid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yes, right up front. What was the question, though? Uh, about the, the humanizing. Because, yeah, Jeff, your character is really not nice in every scene. But somehow the comedian has to come off as sympathetic and endearing. So h how do you do that? Well, that's, that's the whole acting deal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, again, this is something I, I just, I go back to what Alan and Dave did. I, I think it was on the page. It was, it was just trying to figure out how and when. I, I think there's a couple things that happened in, in Edward Blake's life that, uh, that were life-changing events. Uh, you know, he, at one point, he, you know, uh, uh, the attempted rape scene, he, he crosses a line that, uh, 
you know, he really can't get back from. And, 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 and so there's regret that happens uh, later on uh, that we find out uh, who Mullen's character is. And so I really gravitated toward trying to find that and how and when to play that. Uh, and I really only had, you know, really one shot. So, uh, and then when he finds out ultimately what's going on, the plot of this whole thing, um, you realize that he's not the he's not this hardcore man. He's broken by it, and and uh, uh, and I th and I, I was playing a lot of things in that last moment with uh, Moloch. I really wanted I wanted you to see a guy that had just he realizes that he maybe he's made made some really horrible choices in his life, and and he's paying for it, and and he knows there's no getting out now. Uh, and, and so it was just gravitating toward that as an actor. It's that was the the best part of playing this guy, you know. Um, I mean, I think Dan probably is the most human. So, if if anything, I think um, any questions that I ever had were were there. I mean, I know that's a lame response, but like it's it's true. Every if I ever had okay, what I, you could even get into what is he like? Okay, sexually, what is he like? Okay, well look, he's got a, there's a few panels of him referring to the Twilight Lady when he when he and Malin. You know, he and uh, Silk Spectre, when they tear off their skin in the comic, it goes to the Twilight Lady before it goes to Silk Spectre. So he's obviously got something for this. He's got a little fetish here for this sadomasochistic woman. Okay, well, that says a lot about him. All right, so for a guy that you play the opposite side of that, so if you've got impotence and you've got that, that's a pretty well-rounded sex life. You know what I mean? It's true. And so there, uh, it was just, the, if, if it's all there, if you comb it, well enough. If you really dig deep in there, you find out his history, you find out where he went to school, you find out what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he needs. I mean, this is as deep and as rewarding and as well-rounded a character as anybody that I've ever played in any play. I, I, it's just the truth. It's just, it's a, the greatest arc of being able to come full circle, you know? Um, so from that perspective, it was just, just digging around. That's all it was, you know, yeah. You have something else to say? The most embarrassing? Embarrassing, funny, humor that this movie has when what we don't see is that what's pretty funny thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, seeing Billy was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> seeing Billy, like, in his little white pajamas with 140 dots on his face for reference points um, for the CGI. He plays Dr. Manhattan, so, um, you know, and, like, in a big suit with LED lights all over him. That was pretty, uh, that was pretty strange. But then again, he's staring at a guy in a silly Batman-looking suit, so, you know, I probably look ridiculous to him. Um, and actually, you know, and actually the, uh, the, the first fight that we did was the, first, was the prison break. And uh, they hadn't really figured out how to make my goggles not fog up, and so I could only get through about seven seconds of it before I just could not see anything. So that made for, a, again, not ha-ha funny, but more humorous for the actor, because it was very frustrating. Just, uh, just seeing each other in our costumes for the first time. I mean, you know, look, we're not kids anymore, so the opportunity to dress up like these kooky comic book characters uh, on first sight, it was uh, it, there was a lot of giggling. Uh, it, it was pretty damn fun. Um, and again, Billy was like the walking blue Christmas tree, you know, and 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 how he managed to pull off the performance he does and being the, you know, this serious. Because we off camera, by the way, are like trying so hard not to fucking laugh during his close-ups. It was ridiculous. So, Jeff, you don't, yeah, I'm sorry. Go. You don't you don't want to tell the story about when you set yourself on fire? Well, that really wasn't embarrassing. That was just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus. Um, Sorry. Uh, no, that's cool. <laughs> I love apples. <laughs> um, uh, no, we, uh, it was during the Vietnam sequence, and I was in the rice paddy, and, and I, I was having to uh, burn uh, with my flamethrower, one of the Viet Cong uh, guys, and... And Zach, for the sake of the, the movie, is like, you got to hold that flame on him. This is a stuntman that has a little bit of, like, it looks like hair gel wiped all over his body, this flame retardant material. And uh, it just, it, I felt like I was going to burn him alive. And, and so he's, like, doing it. He's like, Jeff, do, like, a 10 count in your head and have your little sadistic smile going. to be great. And after about three seconds, I'm like, that's too much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn this guy. I can't do it anymore. And so I kept having to redo it and redo it. And Zach's like, come on, man, toughen up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so finally, the last time, exactly, it's so the last time I'm doing it, I'm just like, all right, you're going to burn now. <laughs> and I put this thing on. But meanwhile, the rice paddy I was in had been covered in this gasoline substance that I was shooting from the flamethrower. And I, so I burn him, and I do my little smile, and like, yay, ready to move on to the next victim. And... Uh, I look and there's flames coming in the water. There's, the water's now caught on fire coming right at me and there's no one near me. I'm, I'm in the middle of this rice paddy. And I remember looking up at Zach and his eyes are like popping out of his skull. And all I can remember thinking is, don't roll in the water and screw up the costume. Because these things, they spent a fortune on I'm like, I can't do that. So I just let myself catch on fire and watch myself burn for a little while before somebody came out and, and put it out. It was pretty great. That had to be very surreal too, because that was when Zach had his cameo. So he was—was was he dressed in his full? He was dressed in fatigues, but he was behind the, the. That's right. That's right. He was behind the camera at this point, though. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you look in that scene on the far left, while while Jeffrey's burning that Viet Cong, that poor Viet Cong, you'll see uh, Zach Snyder uh, dressed up as one of the one of the soldiers. A bunch of guys. A bunch of guys are in a movie. It's yeah, Zach Clay and Enos. It's and Clay Enos and uh, uh, Damon our, Carroll. Our, yeah, Damon, who did all of our stunts. Uh, they all put themselves in that scene. It was pretty great. Right. Let's get somebody from the back. Right there? Yeah. Um, what does it feel like to read the comics now? I mean, as opposed to the first time you picked it up? Does it feel any different? Have you read the comic, the graphic novel, since you've done the film? And does it, does it feel different or... Uh, I read. I haven't read it in about six months. I read it right right around uh, last summer. Um, it does feel strange, but it feels real reminiscent now. It just feel, or very nostalgic, I guess. Nostalgia, if I can quote Adrian Veidt. Um Yeah, I mean, there's stuff in there that you. Uh, it's still like I feel like you're. I'm reading because I lived with it for so long. You know, we lived with it for so long. I still feel like I'm reading a script, and I want to go back and fix things. So I don't really sit around and read it too much because otherwise I would be frustrated probably with my performance. <laughs> I actually read it again right before, uh, right before the press tour started just because the people that are fans of it, um, probably some of you in this room, know it as well or better than we do, and it's really embarrassing when you ask us questions and we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Um, but that being said, I mean, every time you read this, you can find something new in it. It's, a, it's an amazing piece of work. It really is. Which leads me to my next question. What was the combination of the comedian safe... No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> um, yeah, right here. Um, what was that kind of like to work with as a director? So what was Zach like as a director? Did he demand a lot of takes? Or? Um, You're not burning somebody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty quick. I mean, the quick answer is he was awesome. I mean, I have never worked with a director that had that amount of positive energy every single day. He was just excited to be doing it, you know? 
he didn't and it's that combination of being really excited to do it but not out of but like uh, uh, it, he was right in doing it. It wasn't like I'm way out of my league. This is great. Like it was. It, he knew exactly what he wanted to tell from the day, first day that you sit down with him. He knew the tone. He knew exactly how he wanted to do it. And this was a long shoot. You know, we were there from like August till about March, and a hun- it was like a hundred and over a hundred day shoot, which is a, a long haul. Um, and he, uh, I've just never seen anybody have that kind of energy and that kind of focus. If we needed extra takes. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. If you got it, sometimes you would uh, get it in one. Great. You guys ready? Let's move on. I mean, it was never, it was just about getting it right. If it took 10 times, we did it 10 times. Um, yeah, I, I really can't say an, a, enough good things about the guy. He really just, because it's a hard tone to hit. You know, you got to understand the humor of it because the dark side is there, but you got to understand the light side in order to get the satire of the whole thing. So, um, I just feel like he knew the tone, right? Especially with a lot of like Dan stuff, which you know, and the Sally Jupiter stuff, when it can be pretty funny. Um, you hope, uh, <laughs> I hope, God, I hope. Um, Sound just like Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk similarly. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, he was awesome. This is a guy that drew out every friggin' frame of this movie. You'll never meet anyone that's more prepared and. Uh, has more energy and is more, I mean, his enthusiasm it was tangible. And I, like Patrick just said, it was a long shoot, a lot of nights. Uh, uh, there was days that you just, it was rough. And there was this guy in the middle of this storm and he was ready to go and, and encouraging. And, 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 and more than that, he trusted us as actors, um, which is an awesome thing to you know, though we're doing this graphic novel and, 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 and within that we had to be these characters, the freedom he gave us in exploring those characters was awesome. Uh, yeah, right there? Yes. I did. <laughs> I just got my eyebrows back. <laughs> and the other question was, do either of you have any favorite lines of dialogue from the film that you, your character spoke? Ours, or could there be anybody's? Oh, yeah, anybody's, sure. I mean, you know, every you, you, every line's kind of, you know, sort of iconic when you become a fan of this. But I, 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 I got to say that I'm like most fans when, uh, when Rorschach's in the prison and, uh, uh, you're, you know, that's a whole scene yeah, of one-liners. Yeah, that, that whole you're not locked yeah. in here with me or whatever. Oh yeah, the, you know, yeah. that I said. That I'm not I, locked in here with you. You're yeah, locked yeah. in here with me. It was awesome. That's pretty great. I mean, Rorschach is just built on one-liners. I mean, that whole every line in that prison is just awesome. Tall order, fat chance. I mean, I mean everybody awesome. says. That's my Rorschach, by the way. It's pretty good, right? Human bean juice. I mean, everything yeah, he that's says true. is friggin' like hilarious. Yeah. Right there. Supernatural. I got you. Uh, Broadway is, uh, that's Patrick's deal. 
I, if I could, uh, I'll, I'll do anything with him again. Uh, and if that meant, I would love to, to try stage eventually. I, I, I'm, I'm still at that point where it scares the crap out of me. I would love to try it. I really want to do it. Um, I, and, you know, I'm sitting next to one of the best. Uh, uh, <laughs> and as far as Supernatural goes, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, it's Supernatural. I, if I can come back on other shows, I don't know why I can't come back on that one. <laughs> Are you here for us, Jeff? I am here for you. One more question, and then we have to wrap up. So, um... In the back, all the way back there. Um, how does it feel to be the iconic faces for these iconic characters? And if you could take anything from the Watchmen universe, what would it be? How does it feel to be these iconic characters? Awesome. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it, feel, uh, yeah, it feels great. It really does. To... to uh, to have come with it now for so long, to have, have been living with this, and for people to finally get to see it is really, really rewarding for us to feel like we gave it everything we had. And, uh, y you know, with such a huge fan base that uh, we, all, we want all of them to, to love it uh, and for it to reach a much wider audience, that's very exciting for all of us. But um, it, it's, a, it's a thrill to be able to be associated with these characters. and. Uh, at the end of the day, we just hope we serve the graphic novel and uh, and served Zach. I would say. I, I yeah, what he just said. <laughs> I you know. I oh, think you would take anything home? Yeah. Did you, did you take anything? I I took my flamethrower. I took these boots. <laughs> I uh, I may kill a certain president wearing these boots that you're looking at right oh, now. Oh wow, that's on TV right now. <laughs> and then uh, I think I got my dog tags from Vietnam. And other than that, I took a bad attitude home. How about that? <laughs> Patrick Wilson and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I took gloves. We want to thank Patrick, Jeffrey, and Glenn for coming out. You've been a wonderful audience. Watchmen is in theaters tomorrow. Go see it. And also, don't forget to visit the iTunes store where you will find a slew of Watchmen content that you can download, including a free app for your iPhone and additional podcasts. Have a good night.